In conjunction with uh, his sermon this morning, Philip has asked me to read the 23rd Psalm. Psalms chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Eddie. Good morning. So good to see you today. It's so good to be here today. I'm seeing in a bit of a different way. Got me some bifocals this week. So um, part of the getting older process. But um, it beats contacts that swirl and get blurry. So um, I'm kind of excited about it. But good to see you. If you're visiting here today at Savannah, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I won't be here tonight because of some previous scheduling things, but I'm excited uh, that Ben is going to preach tonight, and I'm looking forward to being able to hear that uh, on, the, on the internet uh, after the fact. So I hope you'll be here tonight as Ben shares from the Word of God. Uh, we're talking on Sunday mornings, though, started last week and for the next several weeks, Asking the question, what about God, and thinking about some of the attributes of God. And last week we talked about the idea that no matter what's going on around us, that God is truth. He is the standard. He's always the unchanging place. Uh, Next week um, we're going to talk about entering into His presence. We're going to think a little bit about our worship and the idea that coming together as a family to worship God into His presence is a big, big deal. And we're going to talk about that next week. But today, and I appreciate the songs that Bradley has picked out this morning, we're going to look at God as being our shepherd. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in life where, for whatever reason, you were completely dependent upon someone else. Maybe you were just way out of your element. Uh, Maybe it was travel. Maybe traveling to a place that you were very unfamiliar with. May have been out of the country where the culture is different, the language is different. Uh, Maybe it was a time where your health was, was bad. Maybe you had some surgery, and physically you were having to depend on others to take care of you. Um, It can be something as simple as maybe that time where you changed jobs and you're leaving one company and you're going to another company. And when you start at that new place, you're learning new people, you're learning new culture, you're, you're trying to figure out how things get done, and you're very dependent on others as you get started in that. Years ago, one year in college for summer, uh, you come home and you get a summer job. Well, one year I went to Kelly Services and, and, tie, and, and signed up as, at the temp agency. And maybe that's why I'm a temporary preacher now. I don't know. But that summer I went place to place doing temporary jobs. And one of the assignments they gave me, they asked me to be their mystery shopper. And so Kelly Services actually sent me around to all the other temp agencies to sign up and, and to go through their process so that Kelly could learn more about them. So I worked a lot of different jobs for a lot of different agencies, and so my typical day that summer involved finding a new place without a GPS and learning my way around and, and depending on others. Any life situation 
that involves facing the unknown, it's apt to make us apprehensive. We talked about some of that in our class this morning. There's, there is an uneasiness with us right now because of the things that continue to happen in our country. There's, we're uptight, and rightfully so. And so as we live here, and we sojourn here, we're, we're not home here, but as we're here, and as we think about eternity, it ought to be comforting to know that we have a shepherd. In Psalm 100, verse 3, the Bible says, Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. And there's a lot of theology right there, and I wish we could keep that straight. And we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. See, God takes on this role. He helps explain Himself to us as saying, Hey, I'm a shepherd. And, And one of the things that goes along with that, you know, He made us, we belong to Him. But as shepherd... That means one of the things we've got to do is we've got to get comfortable with embracing our role as sheep. And and unfortunately, sometimes that's something that is difficult for us. Yet it's imperative if we're going to fully embrace what God can be to us and as our shepherd. Now, think about it this way. Now, God as shepherd, we don't mind running to Him when we're hurting. That's expected and that's normal when we're in the valley and when things are going wrong. We run to God. We see Him in that way. We understand the feeling of needing someone like God and needing a shepherd when we're facing the unknown. But I want you to think about everyday life. The part of life that's seemingly known and the part of life that's seemingly predictable because my take on it is that may be one of the places where we often will struggle. The the idea that it's so known and it's so predictable that, that maybe I don't feel that need for a shepherd. Maybe I have trouble seeing myself as a sheep. Maybe I'm too independent to embrace that role. You know, one of the things we'll see people say today is, I've got this. And we need to be self-confident and, and we understand that the idea of that, but, but we need to remember that God's got this. Plus, when you start thinking about sheep, and I've not raised any of them, I've not been around them a lot, I'm thankful that they provide the wool that goes into the, the clothing that I wear. But when you start studying the characteristics of sheep, we, we find some things about them that they don't excite us very much. We're told that they're timid. They're fearful, they're easily panicked, that they're not super smart, that they're vulnerable to fear, frustration, pests and hunger, little or no means of self-defense. Sheep are easily killed by predators. They're easily cast or flipped over, and once you flip one over, they have a lot of trouble getting up. They have a lack of discernment in choosing where they're going to eat and choosing what they're going to drink. Very, very dependent on a shepherd. We don't like those characteristics. And we read in Scripture about who we're supposed to be as Christians and we're supposed to be bold and there's supposed to be a confidence that we have in Christ. Are we those people? It brings us to the 23rd Psalm that, it, that Eddie read for us just a moment ago. It's, it's one of the most popular Psalms and, and I would suggest to you that that might make it one of the most difficult for us to study because we've heard it and it's familiar and we sing it and we quote it and we know it. We hardly ever will attend a funeral where this Psalm isn't used and it's appropriate when we're mourning the loss of someone. 
And so we've got to remember that God as shepherd, the, the idea of that is designed such that He is a benefit to those of us who are living. It's a great reminder that God is a shepherd for us in troubled times like we're in right now. There should be a joy that that comes from knowing that every day, all day, in every situation, we have a shepherd. The other thing I would suggest to you, it's not just us in the church who are a little bit uptight right now. It's not just us who are Christians that are are uneasy, wondering what's going to come next. We're, We're in a world that's very uneasy right now. And so when we think beyond ourselves, and when we think just beyond who we are as family, when we start thinking about a world that needs a relationship with Jesus, who needs the Good Shepherd, the idea that when we go to Scripture and when we start talking about God, we're offering people a shepherd, that that ought to help people who are unhappy because a lot of people are unhappy and and a lot of people in the world are insecure a lot of people need exactly what we have to offer through Christ through God our shepherd And so we want to briefly think about three things, three qualities from Psalm 23 this morning, and then today's lesson will be yours. And so number one this morning, from God our Word, we receive peace through His nurturing. The beginning of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And the New American Standard says, I shall not want. The NIV may more accurately capture the the idea there where it says, I shall not be in want. In other words, it's not on the emphasis. The emphasis isn't on us desiring something. It's the idea that I'm not, because of God being my shepherd, I am not going to lack for that which is needed. I shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And then He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, for us... The idea of a green pasture, now maybe this time of year sometimes things brown up a little bit, but the idea of finding a green fertile area, that's not, that's not a stretch for us. We see that a lot. But you think about original readers, you think about original audience, you think about some undeveloped lands where, uh, of the Bible where it's dry and it's rocky and the hills are rolling and, and the, 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 the pastures are sparse. Not many water sources. And you couple that with the idea that sheep who are left to their own devices, they'll graze in unhealthy places and they'll drink from polluted waters. And the need for a shepherd, when you start thinking that way, it's magnified. And so the the shepherd, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. See, a shepherd had to be ready to lead his his flock on what might be a long migration. They might graze in a place, and then they might need a new pasture, and they're not going just next door. He might have to lead them a long way to find that next place where they can actually graze, where they can actually eat, where they can actually drink. And the psalmist says, hey, the Lord is my shepherd, and when the Lord who is my shepherd, when He leads me to that place, the sheep, we are at ease enough to lie down. 
See, the question for us when we start thinking about God as our shepherd, the question is, will I choose the peace that God provides me, the peace that, that God promises me? Sheep are known for being nervous. They're, they're known for being restless. They're very restless in nature. The, the sheep experts tell us that peace is something that's not very easily obtained for a sheep. They have trouble resting. They have trouble lying down. Never sound like us. Those nights where we just don't rest, those nights where we lie down, but, but there's not a peace, there's, there's trouble, and our mind's on this, and our mind's over here on that, and, and for whatever reason, we, we just, we know God has promised all these things, but we have trouble just turning off our mind and, and resting in the knowledge that God, our shepherd's going to make it all right. He promises peace, but sometimes we get caught up in hedging our bets. I love Luke chapter 12. It's not sheep shepherd language, but Luke 12, you've got the guy who's blessed and he's got all this stuff. And so he says, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to tear down the small barns. I'm going to build the big barns. And then as Jesus tells the parable, he says, you know, the guy does all these things and then that night his soul is required of him. And so after you've done all this, who's going to be all this that you've accumulated? Who's it going to belong to? Well, see, in Luke chapter 12, the very next thing Luke uh, has Jesus, talks about Jesus walking into... Jesus tells this parable, and then Luke says, for this reason, and Jesus goes on and talks about worry. And He talks about God taking care of His creation. And He talks about how we get caught up in worrying about what we're going to eat and, and worrying about this and worrying about that. And are we going to choose the peace that God says He provides? How often do we not find peace because for whatever reason... Our trust just isn't fully in God. It's not in His provision. It's not in fully what He says He will take care of. And yes, we're human and we're going to go through those times where maybe we question and maybe we're uneasy, but, but the guiding over overall, we should constantly be trying to say, hey, I've got to trust Him more. I've got to count on Him coming through in the way that He says that He will. Uh, imagine a world... Imagine a world where more people understood the source of true peace. Imagine your own walk with God. If you don't have that peace right now, if you could more fully embrace this idea that God as shepherd, He finds that new pasture, He makes me lie down there, He leads me beside the quiet waters, He helps me find rest. Number two this morning... God provides as our shepherd. He provides comfort through His guidance. He leads me beside the quiet waters, the end of verse 2. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Waters of rest. Restoration of my soul. Guiding me in paths or tracks of righteousness. See, as we think about who we are and as we think about trying to live here in a world where there's so much temptation and there's so many problems, there ought to be comfort that comes our way from knowing that God is leading us to where He wants us to be, to where He needs us to be. Psalm 25 verse 5 says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. See, when it's all said and done, that's what it boils down to. He is leading us toward where we'll be in eternity. Think about the guidance that we receive from His Word, the guidance that we receive from the Bible. 
put your focus for a minute with me on that aspect of his, of his guidance. All that he does, most importantly, he reveals to us his son, a son who to the cross, a son who suffered for us, a son who, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, whose example we are to follow. And then this idea that living according to His Word, it will allow me to avoid some of the bad situations in life, maybe to minimize some of the others. And when I am weak and when I'm faltering, Hebrews 12 talks about finding strength and, and finding straight paths so that what's weak can be put back into place. God provides all of that. He he talks about navigating the trouble that does come with the right attitude. The trouble comes, but James 1 talks about, I'm going to go through that, I'm going to expect that, I'm going to expect to come out the other side stronger than I was when I went in, because that's something that God does for me. He talks about solving problems God's way. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the, the, the Scripture that we have, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. See, God gives us the manual that we need in order to navigate our way through the problems that life brings our way. The idea that we know, according to Scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that, that God can climb into any situation and work, not to make that situation good, but to accomplish His will through everything that occurs. And while our lesson today is not a lesson per se on prayer, when we talk to God, when we go to Him as our shepherd, when we pray, one of the things that we've got to constantly be reminded of when we're praying, that ought to remind us of our total dependence on God. Through His Word, we learn how to pray. And see it again for an unhappy, for a fed up world. God's here. He's ready to help. He's who we share. And the question becomes, will I allow Him to lead me? Will I follow Him? Or am I going to resist Him at every turn? See, as God the Son, Jesus describes His role as shepherd. You may remember Him talking about that in in John the 10th chapter. I'm going to turn over there just a moment. And and Jesus spends considerable time talking about the the role of a shepherd and what a shepherd does and, and how sheep will follow the voice of their shepherd. And if there's another voice speaking, the sheep will not follow that voice. And then finally in verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Will I follow him? Will I listen to his voice? Will I enjoy the comfort that comes through accepting guidance and following him? Or am I going to resist him? You ever been walking a dog on a leash? And maybe this dog's a little bigger than is comfortable to walk and you you think you're taking the dog for a walk and then suddenly the dog has a different thought and the dog's walking you maybe in a direction you didn't want to go I wonder sometimes if we're not a little bit, little bit like that with God he's leading us and we're we're walking with him and then we we have these thoughts and we're trying to go another direction In Jeremiah chapter 6 It's a great summary of what God provides. Verse 16 says, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. I love that verse because it talks about what God provides. God provides this this pathway, this way that we should walk, and in that is the way of finding rest. 
And if I choose to resist Him and I choose not to follow Him, I'm giving up that that rest that He promises. Finally, number three this morning as we finish up. God our shepherd, as our shepherd, He provides security through His protection. Verse 4 of the psalm says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you're with me. Now, that verse is the reason that we use this psalm uh, when we're mourning the loss or remembering somebody who's left this life. The, The valley of the shadow of death. What the psalmist is picturing here and what the original reader would have seen in reading this is a, a migration scene. A shepherd is leading his sheep in search of food, in search of water. And, and the, the, the sheep are going to come through. It's called a wadi. And, and sometimes these were deep. And, and very often they're dark. And you get into the bottom of this thing and, and the air is very heavy around you. And these were often dangerous because they're dark. Predators may lie in wait in the bottom of this. Uh, uh, maybe even people who want to do harm waiting in the bottom of one of these places. Think of depths of a canyon. And so the sheep is leading the shepherd down this treacherous way through this bottom. And then once you've navigated that, you've got to come back up and see when you're in the bottom of this valley, this valley of the shadow of death, sometimes that green pasture and that peace and all those things that God promises, those things may seem far away. But here's the shepherd through it all providing security. The psalmist says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Two different things. Now we like the concept of a shepherd with the rod. That's the club. That is the shepherd saying, okay, I've got the club here. I've got the rod in my hand because if a predator is going to attack my sheep, I will protect my sheep with a rod. And Again, we talked a little bit about this in class. There's probably none of us in the room who, as we think about what's going on in our world... Now, we know, as Christians, God has fixed it. On the day Jesus went to the cross, on the day God allowed His Son to give up His life, God fixed it, God secured the victory, we know how it's going to end. But but as humans who are living here and walking through this world, there's probably none of us in recent days who haven't said either, I just wish Jesus would come on back now, or I somehow wish God would intervene with that club and fix some of what's going on right now because we see so much injustice and so much trouble and so much just bad stuff. We like the concept of of a shepherd with a rod that protects us. And if we'll stay in the Word of God, God will protect us through His Word from a lot of what goes on. A lot of the decisions that might land us in bad situations. There is protection from Him. But the other part of this is the staff. That's what you see in your, your children's literature. That's the long thing with the crook on the end. The shepherd's using that staff not to ward off trouble, but, but when he sees the sheep about to maybe slip or fall, and he gets that staff on them and redirects them in, in the direction that they need to go. See, the psalmist is saying, God, with that staff, He provides that kind of direction for us. When my son Preston was was very young, he's gotten just about taller than me now, which isn't saying much. I could get a lot taller than me, but anyway. When he was young, if we're in a crowd of people, sometimes I would put my hands on his shoulders, and I'd kind of try to guide him the direction I wanted us to go through that crowd of people. 
But he didn't always like that. Sometimes when I'd put my hands on his shoulders, he would kind of drop a shoulder like he's trying to get out from under that. And I wonder sometimes as God, through His Word, puts that staff of correction on us, that staff of guidance, as we sense that, I wonder sometimes if we're not trying to get out from under that. Maybe sometimes we don't want to be guided by that. The psalmist says, Your rod and your staff both comfort me. And see, there ought to be this security in knowing and hearing and following. Notice something that Jesus says in John the 10th chapter. Again, this is this chapter. He's talking about who a she- what a shepherd does and how a shepherd operates. And then He talks about Himself being the good shepherd. And so then when you get over to about verse 27, Jesus says this. He says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give eternal life to them, and they'll never perish, and no one will snatch them out of My hand. My Father who has given them to Me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of, his, out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I love that. See, Jesus is saying that, that if I stay committed to Him, if I stay committed to Him as shepherd, as God as shepherd, if I follow them, if I stay with them, He says, no one can take you away from Me. Now, free will, I can wander away, I can walk away, but no one can take me away from God against my will. And there ought to be great comfort in that statement. And so the question becomes, will I regard His correction as comfort. In Hebrews 11, uh, the Hebrew writer goes back and quotes from Psalm 37 talking about how God corrects us kind of like a parent does. And and he makes this comparison. He says, you know, as, as you get a little older, as a child, when you were corrected by your parent, you finally come to respect you realize what they were doing for you. And it's this idea that as God corrects our lives, we ought to respect that. We ought to love Him for that. How do we react? when we're corrected by God. Understanding that his, his staff of correction, it's not like Paul on the road to Damascus. It's not being blinded and physically pounded to our knees, but via my own Bible reading, God will correct me. Sometimes it's a lesson being preached and something's in Scripture and it's, it's attempting to correct my life. Sometimes it's that God working through that close friend who's a Christian who is holding me accountable when I'm considering mistakes, when I'm considering ways that aren't wise, maybe it's through my own biblically trained conscience. I've, I've been in the Word of God and now my conscience is biblically trained and my conscience is trying to get me to change my life, change my life, change my life. How do we react when we're corrected by God? Because correction by God should always bring renewal. It ought to always bring revival. And in one sense, it should always bring comfort. See, because of God, our shepherd, we can confidently hold on to our goals for life here and for eternity. And notice how the psalm ends. Verse 6, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about a post-exilic Jew, a Jew coming out of the exile, a Jew where temple worship is not going on because there's no temple to worship in right now. Think about how those words would have an impact on somebody who had no place to worship. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. We need to be the kind of people who even when times are uneasy, even when times are uncertain, we need to be the people who have that voice, the, the kind of folks we've got our minds right where, where we're able to say and say out loud, it's going to be alright. Because in the end it is. Jesus will return and He's going to take His people home. And in the end it's going to be alright. And the question is, is this the way that I'm living my life? Is that the mindset that I'm living my life with right now? Because of the Lord's provision and because of the Lord's mercy. Not, not that everything that occurs here is goodness. There's nothing good that, about what happened this past week. That, that's not a good thing. But my shepherd is the one who can climb into any situation and work to make sure that his will is accomplished in the end. And I can confidently find peace knowing that, that, that I'm safe in his hand, that Satan cannot snatch me away. We've got to live life with an eternal focus. That, that Jew that didn't have temple worship available at that point, the, the, the idea that they could see this life here as being a pilgrimage, can we see life that way? The eternal focus that we're looking for, it can make all the difference in whether or not I allow God to actually lead me as my shepherd. Today, as Bradley gets ready to lead, I have decided to follow Jesus. I, I would ask if you've, if you've made that decision, are you safely in His hands today? I mean, when I read John 10 and I read about Jesus and saying, nobody can snatch me away, it's, it's like an Allstate commercial to me. I mean, Allstate's corporate image, that, that, that good hands, the, the, that's what I see. Are you safely in His hands today? What is it that you're very uneasy about right now? What is it that you're so uneasy about today that you can't have confidence in God as your good shepherd? Is there something in your life today that's preventing you from being able to say out loud, it's going to be alright? If you're not a Christian yet, it's not going to be alright. If you're not a Christian yet, you can't take advantage of what God provides as your shepherd. If you're not His child, why would you delay even another minute in committing your life to Him, being baptized into Christ? Because once you're a Christian, then you can say it's going to be alright. But if you're not yet a Christian, you can't make that claim today, biblically. Maybe you're here as a Christian today and you're nervous and you're uptight and maybe it's just, hey, I need my church family praying with me and for me. Maybe it's the idea that, you know, God's my shepherd, but I've been one of those sheep that I'm constantly wandering off and I'm constantly making it hard on Him and I just need to come back today and I just need to start over. And we, we serve the God of the new start, the fresh start, and I'm thankful for that. And so today as we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I hope you can sing that today in spirit and in truth. If you need to respond, let that be known while Bradley leads us. Let's stand together. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world 
behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back.